It is Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans. It is Jacob Root of Locked on Hoosiers. And yes, we are here to break down three and seven Indiana versus five and five Michigan State. Not the sexiest game on paper, but look, hey, both teams have something to play for. Michigan State going for that sixth win to start packing their bags and heading to the Quick Lane Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl or the Mayo Bowl. Who knows? And then Indiana, no bowl eligibility, but hey, that doesn't mean you can't have a signature win on the season. Jacob, let's just get an overall vibe check. How, how, is it just full-fledged basketball season for you guys over there, or what is the mood in the fan base like? It is full-fledged basketball season, ah, <laughs> to be quite okay. honest with you. It is, uh, it's been a rough year, um, and basketball is a lot more fun to talk about. I mean, I'm sure you guys can relate after the uh, the big That's right. this week. Yeah, That's so right. <laughs> basketball is a lot more fun to talk about. We have a really good men's and women's team. But, yeah, I mean, the football team, yeah, the vibes are bad right now. Uh, each one of these, I, I, I've done these for uh, Penn State, Ohio State the last couple of weeks, and they've kind of been these um, inflection points, kind of looking back to where IU was two years ago because uh-huh. they've played each, we've played at Penn State, Ohio State, uh, and now Michigan State in that kind of memorable, magical 2020 season. And just kind of looking back to that game versus – where IU sits now is just kind of a, I don't even know what the, the right word is, just kind of a realization of, of how far Indiana's fallen in the last uh, in the last two years. And so it, it's not great right now. Um, we're coming off to just beat downs to uh, sure. Penn State and Ohio State. So three and seven, it, it's seven straight losses and I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough task to uh, to break that losing streak before the end of the season. But with that said, I mean, back in that 2020 season, I, look, Tom Allen was known as this mover of mountains when it comes to motivation. What is the vibe on Tom Allen right now? Is this still a thing where, like, okay, well, just he gets some bad breaks go his way? We still believe that he's the right guy for the Anna job, or are we talking Tom Allen hot seat right now? Just two years off of that great great season that you guys had. It's kind of a mixture of both. Uh, the only okay. reason I would say his seat is not really hot right now is he has a very big buyout uh, from getting an extension after that 2020 season. Um, gotcha. it, it is the vibe. Like I said, the vibes aren't great. Indiana um, since uh, I, I've said this a couple times. I know IU fans have heard this stat, but it just kind of is the best way I can describe where Indiana's fallen or how far it's fallen. Indiana beat Wisconsin at the end of that 2020 season on the road. It was a seminal moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Since that game, it was December 5th, 2020. So we're coming up on exactly two years. Since that game, IU has won five times in two seasons. I believe it's about five and 19 since then. They've, uh, and those wins were two against Western Kentucky, two against Idaho and a win over Illinois to start this season. So, um, it's just been a free fall. Um, Tom Allen is still this hyperactive kind of a motivator that yeah. <laughs> still kind of gets you to believe, but a lot of his flaws as kind of an X's and O's coach have um, come more to the forefront in recent years. And if you can't overcome those, if you can't overcome the losses, it's a, it's a rough ride. And, and so the Hoosiers have, I mean, we, we felt like we had the right guy, and it's it's kind of gone the other way. But, I mean, at the same time, it, it looks like you guys have, have the right guy in Mel Tucker. How are things going over there with him? 
you asked that question two, three weeks ago, and a good faction of the fan base would be like, I, I'm not really so sure that this is the right guy. But look, I mean, this has been a interesting season, to say the least. Um, injury bug right off the bat. And of course, hey, it, injuries can't be an excuse. It's always next man up. But at one point, when you're down six starters on defense, okay, like I I think that it's valid to bring injuries up. You're losing your best tackler on the team in Darius Snow before the first half even rolls around in week one. You lose your senior captain, Xavier Henderson, at safety for a stretch of five and a half games. Jacob Slade has been in and out on the defensive line, and he would have been a first-team All-Big Ten candidate. And, you know, there's just little pockets of other injuries elsewhere. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this video, very uh, not talked about it all over here, but the little <laughs> tunnel incident that happened in Ann Arbor, um, oh, that kind of throws a wrench in your season too when you also suspend eight players. And one of those players is, well, a three-time defensive player of the week winner in Jacoby Winman. So the last two games, Michigan State is, they're hurt, they're suspended. And okay, now we got to hit the road against Illinois as 17 point underdogs. And would you look at that? They won. And then they beat Rutgers. And just like Mel Tucker said after the game against Rutgers, you want to play your best football in November. That means your team is dialed in. And that's a credit to both the players and the coaching staff as well. This, this season wasn't off the rails territory right now. But look, and I've, I've said this many a time in my podcast. If you told me before the season, Michigan State goes six and six, you know, falls into the quick lane bowl or something like that. I'd be like, okay, I don't necessarily love it. I wasn't expecting another Peach Bowl or New Year's Six Bowl, but yeah, six wins is kind of underwhelming. You you fast forward and bring me through the first eight weeks of the season where everyone's getting hurt or suspended, and you tell me, hey, six wins is on the table here. You're going to go to the quick lane bowl. I'd start crying tears of joy. I think <laughs> like this is quite the turnaround when you're looking at your last four games and you have to win three of them to qualify for a bowl game. I mean, has it been a perfect season? Not by any stretch of the imagination, but this is the epitome of saving face. And look, if Tucker can get these boys, this team to a, a bowl game. Okay. We're feeling a little better about it, but also long-term he's got recruiting uh, humming as well as any other coach in the history of Michigan state has had it. So Look, you, you got to think long-term picture. How do you get yourself out of this hole that Michigan State is kind of in? How do you get yourself in the upper echelon of the Big Ten? It's recruiting, and this is the best guy that we've ever had on campus. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in on the Mel Tucker era so far. Uh, you know, wonky season and all. Where does – this can be the last thing before we jump into the, the next segment. Where does the old brass platoon rank among the best rivalry names? Oh, man, the names are – it, it's got to be the top uh, as far I as love, I love the name of this. It, it's such a yeah. random kind of rivalry because I love it. it. Yeah. I, it's not something I think like, Oh, we need to beat Michigan state in football this season. But it's like, <laughs> if we get the old brass platoon, like maybe I do kind of really want to beat Michigan <laughs> state. So uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the name of this rivalry. I, I should look up and see the history behind it because I, I have absolutely no idea, but uh, yeah, let's get this old brass platoon this week. It, it is a great trophy name, and it's just a great trophy to have in general. I mean, Michigan State, luckily, we're part of some good rivalries where fun trophies are had. Like the Paul Bunyan Trophy, very fun. The Land-Grant Trophy, the game at the end of the year against Penn State where we play for this thing that's, you know, the, the size of a fridge with a bunch <laughs> of knickknacks involved. Like, that's awesome. But I, it, it is it is tough to beat the brass platoon, isn't it? Just throw it. It is. 
giant liquor of tobacco and spit it in <laughs> to celebrate a, a win in November that roughly 16 people are going to watch on Big Ten Network. Oh, there's nothing, nothing better in the world than the Rasputin Trophy. <laughs> the best part of it was uh, 2020 when Indiana won it. There was a very um, – a very strong push to let everybody know they cannot spit in it this year because oh. of COVID. So, oh, oh who yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah. That's, so, uh, they make everyone we, stronger. <laughs> we have not been able to spit in the old brass platoon since, uh, since 2016. I, I don't know that this week will be the, uh, the year that we finally get to do it, but we'll, we'll be finding out here in a bit. Yeah, no, I hear you. And we will be breaking down this game, the X's and O's. I'm going to ask Jacob about his Hoosiers, and he'll bounce it back, ask me about the Spartans here. But first, I need to talk your ear off about new genics. That's right. We are talking about something that's just going to make you feel sensational. Do you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Well, I know I do. Eugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. That is right. Eugenics Total T is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Eugenics Total T can help re-energize your life and help you get back to the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior that you used to be. And now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back to the, sorry, get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Just text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text and enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Now let's get back to our guy, Jacob Rood of Locked on Hoosiers, because it's time to throw him on the hot seat here. Um, Look, hey, I, I, the first part of this episode made me very sad. I feel very bad for you and Indiana fans. I'm going to shoot you straight here. This is not, this is not the episode that, that we want the entire time. With that said, yes, three and seven on the year. But, Jacob, it, is there anything to smile about with, with Indiana football? That's the first question. Give me something positive that Michigan State can like be maybe looking out for and getting a little nervous about for this game. Uh, I would love to oh be boy. able to. It, it's, <laughs> oh, it's, no. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be able to. Um, it's always this stretch during the season, and you guys, I'm sure, have this in the Big Ten East, where like you just play these run of games in a row where it's like ranked team, ranked team, ranked sure. team. And I use right square in the middle of that. Like I said, they played uh, Penn State. Um, they lose 45 to 14. They played at Ohio State. You can imagine how that went last week. And now we have you guys. This is kind of the most winnable game of this stretch. And um, it, it's been a mess throughout this this kind of uh, rough patch of, of games in that We've had some quarterback drama that we didn't really expect. Connor Bazelak had been the starter throughout the year. Dexter Williams mm-hmm. came in and looks like he might be getting the stat, the snaps now. But um, it, it's there's not a lot of fun right now when it comes to the Hoosiers. Um, this is not to say that Michigan State's easy by any means, but this is the easiest opponent we've had right, uh, right. since um, – probably Rutgers uh, almost a month ago, three weeks ago. So uh, maybe in that sense, we'll have, uh, we'll be able to swing back a little bit more, but yeah, after playing Penn state and Ohio state and back-to-back weeks, um, it really saps the morale of the team and, and really uh, it's just not been a fun stretch of games for Indiana football right now. 
Is Dexter Williams a fun quarterback, though? Because he, I know he got into the game last week. I believe he had two touchdowns, no interceptions. But the completion percentage isn't all there. However, his legs are. Like, what? How do you look at Dexter Williams? Is this a, a glimmer of hope, or is this more like a last bastion of hope here that we're just kind of lighting on fire? <laughs> um, he's been a, a surprise, a pleasant surprise in a lot of ways. He's um, like I said, we IU was chugging along this season with Connor Bazelak at quarterback. Their offensive line is atrocious, and that's okay. not an exaggeration. If Michigan State has any kind of um, of rush on the defensive line, they're going to get to the quarterback. And Bazelak ultimately just ended up taking a, a beating game in and game out. And IU kind of hid the fact that during the bye week that he wasn't he was hurt and he wasn't going to play and it's a much longer story about some nonsense with the quarterback position to where we started someone that was in the transfer portal. Uh, But eventually it got to us playing Dexter Williams who, uh, yeah, like you said last week against Ohio state. I mean, if I were to point at a bright spot right now, it would be him and kind of his development because he is, he's kind of been this heir apparent for a while since that, that 2020 season, at the end of the year, he was the backup. He was kind of the the next guy up. He had an injury last year that, that ruled him out the whole season. Um, gotcha. He's gotten back kind of into the fold this season. And he's a, a dual-threat quarterback. Um, he's kind of learning on the fly because that Penn State game was literally his first snaps uh, in college. So um, he played to end that game. Uh, he came in after a couple series against Ohio State, and you want to – talk about being thrown into the fire as those as your your first two games um and he's shown some some signs i mean like you said six and 19 in that ohio state game just 10 of 30 um so far but a couple touchdowns the offense looks a little more alive with him there he's able to IU is simply just not going to be able to block, and it's something that they've kind of accepted this season. And he's at least able to evade the tacklers in the backfield and try to gain some positive yards from it. So um, the offense seems to have a little bit more him. He'd be the bright spot right now, but um, he's still such a kind of unknown quality that we're not even really sure what we're going to be getting from him kind of week in and week out right now. Gotcha. And let's just say, you know, he does have an uptick in completion percentage, starts to find his guys. Who, who are some of the weapons on Indiana that could provide a spark to this offense? Yeah. I mean, if if you would have asked right before the bye week, Cam Camper was the name that would have jumped out. He was earnestly playing at, I think, an all Big Ten level. Uh, he okay. had 569 yards through seven games. Um, but he suffered a season-ending injury, and it's been really tough to – find some new targets in the last couple of weeks since then. Um, IU coming into this season just entirely replaced its offense, skill position players, everything but the offensive line, ironically. Um, in recent weeks, Emory Simmons has been a, a name out wide that has kind of emerged, Anderson Kobe as well. Um, last se- I would have to look back to last season real quick, but – IU, uh, their quarterback at the end of the year last year, uh, Donovan McCauley, is now playing wide receiver. Um, He is someone that there's a lot of hope for. He didn't play against you guys, but uh, a lot of hope for. He's kind of 
slowly started to emerge a little bit. He had his first touchdown catch last week. So those are some names out wide uh, in the backfield. It's it's kind of been a bit of a mess because there's just no run blocking. Sean Shivers transferred in from Auburn. He's going to be the starting running back. Him and Josh Henderson have um, kind of split time in the backfield. They are a yard apart from each other in terms of yard from scrimmage this year. So those are going to be the two main running backs. Jalen Lucas is a name that might pop up. Uh, he's okay. a true freshman that they've uh, moved all over the field. He's kind of been their most explosive player, whether as a running back, a little bit as a slot receiver. So those are going to be the names kind of in the backfield to uh, to watch out for. And to flip sides of the field here, the, the defense, is it the same – bad vibes when it comes to the trenches as well or is there some run stopping or pass rushing ability with with your front that you guys have uh the defense has been kind of the biggest disappointment necessarily because they uh (laughs) well mainly because they've had they had expectations coming into the year right the offense was such this unknown quantity that we didn't even really know what to expect the the defense had a lot of names coming back. Uh, Taiwan Mullen might be a name you guys are familiar with. Yep. He's been there for a number of seasons, was an All-American in that 2020 season. Um, the secondary as a whole was supposed to be a, not just a strength for Indiana. I, I earnestly believed coming into the season it could have been one of the biggest sec- or best secondaries in the Big Ten and just a, a failure all around, kind of underperforming across the board. Um, Tom Allen took over play calling duties for the defense and it has not led to success. Um, it's a defense that has struggled real in the past game has been kind of just the most shocking and frustrating. Um, so they, they have made a couple plays, um, throughout the season, but like, uh, it's also hard to kind of judge them after the last two weeks where they've just been gouged by, uh, I mean, two good teams, but they right. IU hasn't made it really difficult on them. So, uh, I mean, Taiwan Mullins there, I still think he's a, a solid cornerback. Um, a lot of the blame isn't really on him when it comes to the secondary, I don't think. Um, Aaron Casey is a linebacker that stepped up uh, this season kind of in his first year starting. And then one last name to throw out, Deshaun McCall is a true freshman that I talk about every week on these podcasts. He's a ton of fun, uh, a real bright spot in general in this team, let alone the fact he's a freshman. He's the highest rated recruit Indiana's ever had, and he's stepped in right away and made an impact uh, for the Hoosiers this season. But, yeah, it, it's just – there's just bad vibes all around with IU football oh, right man. now. Oh, man. Well, we're, we're going to flip the script here. Let's see if I can brighten up those vibes here on the other end of this break. But really quick, I need to talk to people's ear off about betonline.net. If you're feeling great as a Spartan fan after hearing Jacob talk about Indiana – you might want to take a look at Michigan State minus 10. Or, hey, if that still wasn't enough for you, Indiana plus 10. Maybe Dexter Williams has a hot day. Regardless, do all of your betting at betonline.net, your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, esports. They've got it all covered at betonline.net. And, hey, if you like sports podcasts, my guess is that you do. You are listening to this currently. Well, hey, good news. You can find more of those at betonline.net as well. 
We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed during the college season, whether it be football or basketball. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Hot seat time for me. Let's do it. So it's been interesting to watch Michigan State from afar this season. Uh, I bet. <laughs> bit of an, an, an up and down uh, year. Um, I will say one of the only times I uh, have watched their full game. I have to brag about Michael Penix in Washington, just uh, what they did against Michigan State. Uh, I, If I had a thought about it, I have a Michael Penix Washington shirt I would have put on uh, to really prod the bear and whatnot. But um, I, I guess what's kind of been the the key to the, the turnaround for this Michigan State team? Because like you said, you were staring two and four in the face about yeah. a month ago, and now you're a win away from bowl eligibility. Yeah, it's it's weird to throw a, a a sport with so many players in the field to just one player, but having Xavier Henderson back in the secondary has been a blessing for Michigan State. He came back for the Wisconsin game. They won that game. They lost against Michigan, of course, but the defense did look better. They had a lot of red zone stops. It could have been a lot worse if Xavier Henderson wasn't there in the secondary, essentially being not just a great player, but also that 11th coach on the staff. I mean, the defensive players and very inexperienced defensive players with all the injuries and suspensions now have said that before a play, they'll just look to Xavier Henderson and he'll just let them know what to do. And then, of course, okay, bang out a win against Illinois, Rutgers. So there is a lot that happens to have a turnaround like this, but having Xavier Henderson, I think, is where you start. Now, of course, other things have to happen as well. Like the offense is coming along a little bit. The running game has been a little better against Illinois, against Rutgers, where it has been sputtering the entire year. But Jalen Berger having back-to-back 100 uh, all-purpose yard games for Michigan State has helped. The offensive line, who wasn't necessarily great by any stretch of the imagination for the first eight games of the season, has been looking okay. So there you have it. And of course, it, it kind of helps too when that Rutgers is on your schedule, having to put it bluntly. <laughs> so that that has helped, but yeah, it's it's Xavier Henderson coming back, and and it's the offense run game actually doing something this season after two months of just not doing so. So that's where I credit the turnaround for. Uh, it, not even Rutgers could help us this season. We've we've I'm lost it. we've lost to <laughs> oh, them man. as well. That was the that was the low point in the season to uh, to Shoot. further your your overall point. Uh, I, I'm sure. IU fans are are familiar with Peyton Thorne. He's not a a new name necessarily when it comes to Michigan State. You mentioned Jalen Berger and kind of replacing Kenneth Walker in that run game. Who are some of the other weapons that uh, Michigan State's had this year? Yeah, it's all about the wideouts. And and I truly believe that Michigan State has a top three receiver room in the conference. I mean, you have Ohio State. You could pick your second team. It might even be, it might even be <laughs> Michigan State. But look, the, the, the trio of Jaden Reed split out wide and then Keon Coleman, you know, big bodied. He also plays basketball. Maybe he won't. I don't think he will this year, but he has last year. Point blank, six foot four kid, athletic freak, lit up Michigan in the first half and he's lit up other teams. So those two guys paired with name your tight end. Uh, we have Daniel Barker in the mix, the transfer from Illinois, big bodied guy. Caught four passes last game. Malik Carr, we like to throw into the mix sometimes. And then, of course, just because it's as Big Ten as possible, Tyler Hunt, who's back for his 11th season at Michigan State, was a converted punter who now plays tight end. But he is another target in the passing game as well. And then, um, so that's like their their trio. Reed, 
Coleman and then whatever tight ends on the field. But also I need to give a shout out to my guy, Trey Mosley, who does work in the slot, does a lot of the dirty work, very underrated player. So yeah, it's, it's a great arsenal of weapons to have, but we've seen sometimes this season that, well, that's easier said than done. And the ball just isn't getting to these kids, um, which I guess is the game of football, isn't it? So <laughs> there you have it. Uh, yeah. So to hear that the secondary has been underwhelming for Indiana this uh, year, Kind of brings a smile to my face a little bit. That's that's nice to hear. I'm still caught up. A punter turned tight end is oh, not yeah. a, oh, a yeah. transition you hear about often. I not I quite. No, <laughs> I was gonna say I absolutely love that. Uh, you talked about the secondary when it comes to the defense. I, I mentioned. I I'm not exaggerating. If you have any kind of pass rush uh, on Saturday, you're gonna yeah. get into the backfield with Dexter Williams back there uh, potentially. Uh, it might be a little bit harder to tackle him. Uh, I see some some big numbers and some of these sacks and tackles for losses. Who are kind of some of the the guys that could wreak some havoc in that way on Saturday? Yeah, it, it's interesting uh, and not really for a good reason because Michigan State is playing more times than not four defensive linemen on that front line. Uh, our, our starting defensive ends to kick off the season, Chris Bogle, Jeff Petrowski, both been out with injury. Jacoby Winman, who's been bouncing between defensive end and linebacker. Okay, he's suspended. Another defensive end in Brandon Wright, suspended. Tank Brown, suspended. So now, well, okay, all we got left is just defensive linemen and then two young defensive ends that we like to throw in there a little bit so it worked obviously against Illinois and Rutgers but maybe that's because they were more run centric when they played Michigan State so that is one thing that I'm really curious about is how is that four defensive linemen front going to play against a guy with you know electric legs like Dexter Williams so that might be the glimmer of hope that I have right there is that (laughs) hey it worked last two weeks for Michigan State but this, this guy can get frisky in the pocket, just like you mentioned. So I, it'll be interesting to see if uh, they have the horses to, to chase him down. But, yeah, that's uh, that's been the fascinating part with the pass rush because we went into the season saying, this is the position group we got to worry the least about. We're stacked with talent. We have depth as far as the eye can see. Well, okay, we, we ran out of sight line because we don't see him anymore because they're, they're gone. They're gone. So, yeah. Yeah, for um... – for Penn State, for Michigan, it was uh, just them teeing off on Connor Bazelak and poor kid. <laughs> yeah, he he took a beating, uh, and it led to him physically just not being able to play against Ohio State last week. It was only four sacks, which is a uh, a high point, I guess. And, oh man, uh, Bazelak was he was in there for a couple series. I don't think that he got sacked. Uh, you kind of try to black out some of these games after they're <laughs> done, with, especially when you're uh, when you're playing Ohio State. So I don't yeah. think he did, but it's going to be an interesting battle in that regard because it's really kind of this unknown, underwhelming quantity when it comes to uh, when it comes to Indiana um, versus a Michigan State team. I mean, we can finish on that and just that. I assume this you're kind of treating this as the game you need to win to get bowl eligibility with Penn State as the other? I, I do. It's a mirror of what happened to Michigan State last year, who also ended their season with Penn State. They had to go in that game, get that 10th win to secure New Year's Six Bowl game. And now the script is, script is flipped. I think Penn State now is going to be in that situation where, okay, Michigan State's coming to town, got to beat them to get that 10th win, be a New Year's Six Bowl game candidate. So 
And it's going to be a tough game. Look, I, everyone's got their own opinion on how overrated or underrated Penn State is. I, I think I think they're a good team. Call me crazy. I think they're rated top 15 for a reason. So, yes, this is the best shot as 10-point favorites against Indiana. But, again, it's, it's not a total walkthrough game. Yes, favored for all the right reasons. But there are some interesting portions of this game that can make it a, a little hairy. But, hey, this team's been focused the last two weeks. So, uh, what's, what's one more, right? You know? I mean, let's go. Yeah, it should be uh, should be an interesting one. So, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for uh, for doing this for uh, for yeah, thank you. Yeah, talking IU football for a little bit. Uh, like I said, I will be much happier to do this for IU basketball later on in the season. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a rough time for IU football. Hopefully, we can uh, we can have a, a much more fun old brass platoon game later in the in the next couple seasons. Well, regardless, hey, hope you enjoy the weekend. Hope all the Spartans enjoy the weekend. The Hoosiers enjoy the weekend. And uh, gang, we'll catch you on tomorrow's show. On my end, we have Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal hopping on the show. We're going to talk basketball, football, anything uh, happening in your end of the world on tomorrow's episode, Jacob. IU is going to Xavier for men's basketball, so we'll be previewing that one. Nice. That's a spicy one. Love that. Well, hey, keep it tuned. Lock on Spartans. Keep it tuned. Lock on Hoosiers any way you slice it. Hey, we love you all. Let's all have a great weekend. Woo!